0: So it's a triple header over there at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It was an incredible weekend. Weather was just right, and there was some good racing. The question is, is this the future? Is this a moneymaker? Can the Indianapolis Motor Speedway turn this into something that generates value year after year and get the people to show up? Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Uh, good morning. Let me bring in Gary Dick from InsideIndianaBusiness.com dot com on Twitter at IIB uh, at Gary Dick uh, personally G E R R Y at Gary Dick on uh, the the Twitter box. I don't know if you were out there or not. It it was it was beautiful. It was well done. The question is, does this work for the long term?
1: Yeah, that is the big question, uh, Tony. This was a test. Uh, you know, I think Doug Bowles was on the show this week, and the president at IMS, and he said, hey, this is a one year test. We're gonna we're going to check it out, uh, moving the entire Brickyard Weekend uh, to uh, the road course off of the Oval. You know, there were a few NASCAR drivers that didn't like the idea. They, they wanted to keep it on the Oval. But uh, it, it's clearly an effort uh, to regenerate some interest and attendance, obviously, in the Brickyard uh, Weekend. I am old enough. I was around when the, uh, the first Brickyard happened. I was around. I was covering it uh, as a reporter here in town When the Indianapolis Motor Speedway made the announcement uh, to to, uh, go to NASCAR racing in, in the Brickyard weekend, those first number of races sold out tough ticket to get. Uh, There was excitement. There was buzz. We were doing the live shots when the the NASCAR haulers were coming into town, you know, nonstop coverage. That has changed dramatically. 50 to 60,000 people in recent years uh, for the Brickyard 400. So, um, you know, a sense something has to be done. Is this the answer? We'll we'll find out.
0: And something that has to be done involves whether or not we, the citizenry, Uh, have an interest in this uh is is it that there is no pageantry as there is for the 500 is it really a difference uh between indycar and and nascar what is it that that as as you see it was driving the ambivalence towards uh, the brickyard and how does changing it to the road course how does the double header triple header side of things change that in the view of doug Bowles and others at the speedway
1: yeah, you know, to me, Tony, and this is my personal opinion. I think much of it has to do with the the action on the track or lack of action on the track. If you go to an IndyCar race, obviously the Indianapolis five hundred open wheel racing uh there's a level of excitement that is very tough to to beat. You look at nascar at the at the uh, at the Indianapolis motor Speedway, and it certainly it just hasn't delivered that kind of excitement so uh, you know is there interest this is a racing town this is a racing state. Um, In the early days, that race, NASCAR, was sold out. But I think, and and we've seen, you know, generally speaking, motorsports in general, NASCAR uh, in particular, seen attendance, uh, not just here, but at other venues. Decline as well. So I think a number of factors maybe are leading uh, to this. I think the other thing you'll see, and Doug Bowles talked about this on the show this weekend, is continued collaboration between NASCAR and IndyCar, uh, the International Motorsports Association, uh, the three big licensing or, or sanctioning bodies. To maybe do more of these kinds of things, these double headers, triple headers, where multiple series are racing on the same weekend to try to generate uh, interest because they're all working uh, toward the same goal, and that's to kind of raise, elevate the level uh, of motorsports.
0: Let me move it on down the line. The people at Rolls-Royce celebrating uh, completion of their upgrade, $600 million upgrade, uh, to their facilities. But this is the same Rolls-Royce that discussed condensing uh, their their force, and they're going to be not utilizing a couple of buildings there, which is a hit to downtown. Am I happy about what's going on, or am I concerned about Rolls-Royce's future here in Indy?
1: Well, I I think a couple of things on that. One, and you mentioned that $600 million uh, renovation improvement uh, project, which essentially is the biggest project they've ever ever uh, uh, undertaken since uh, opening their facility here many, many, many years ago. Uh, I I think, you know, consolidating, condensing uh, office space, a byproduct of the uh, post-pandemic era and and more work at home and those types of of things are, are, are a piece of it. But I think if 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 you're a company investing $600 million into a city, essentially, into Indianapolis, and doing things like in the last two weeks, we've had two big announcements from Rolls-Royce putting uh, uh, facilities and and partnering with Purdue University with their aerospace district up in uh, West Lafayette. Yeah, I think you're looking at a company that's very much committed to to Indiana, um, but that commitment in terms of the size and people, where they work, how they work, those kinds of things are likely to be a bit different going forward.
0: Talking to Gary Dick from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter. At IIB is where you find uh, Gary Dick. Uh, you know, one of the things that I haven't uh, dug into you with is um, uh, what what we're seeing from CEOs in this nonstop conversation of, of diversity and, and how they're all having these DeI and best practices kinds of things. The, the, the political is not what I, I get into with you here. It's a question of whether or not these things are being accepted and whether or not other people are being alienated because they they don't a- a- accept it. Is this become the new wave and the new way? Uh, regardless of of what it what it actually means, just the idea of saying you're doing it, or or, or hiring the person uh, to it, is this the new way of business in Indiana? Well, I, I you
1: know I think. There was a, for the past number of years, there has been an effort, an ongoing effort, uh, when it comes to diversity uh, in the workplace uh, at, the, at the corporate level. I think uh, the social justice, uh, the elevation of that uh, as a news story in the consciousness, if you will, of America over the past year and a half, has heightened that. And I think it's 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 uh, redoubled the efforts uh, among some companies, many companies, to uh, to look at diversity in the workplace. But as you Mention, I think not just talk about it, but actually do some actionable things that uh, that makes a meaningful change. So, um, you know, companies are certainly taking re-looking at all of their diversity issues and inclusion and those types of things. And I think at the end of the day, the feeling is um, we'll all be better coming out on the other
0: end. Well that's uh, that's going to be a very interesting conversation and uh, one that's going to then also involve what does the data look like uh, 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 on the other end it's you know it's it's the difference in conversation between hiring uh, uh, the best people regardless or hiring the people because. And that's where it gets very, very dicey and, indes- and interesting. And I know that I take hits all the time for, for honestly assessing the situation. Um, but wh- what I want is I-, I want good people. And good people come in all shapes and all sizes, uh, as, as they say in the business.